This is Artist Stories, featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. I'm Janae Sanchez, and today I am graced by the presence of Chazelle Rodriguez, multifaceted teaching, performing artist, and arts administrator, who will lead a conversation with our special guest, Ashley Walden Davis. Hello, Janae. Thank you so much for inviting me to lead today's conversation with our very special guest. I have the pleasure of being joined by powerhouse coach, facilitator, educator, thought leader, and founder and executive director of Unlock Creative, Ashley Walden Davis. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us today on Artist Stories. Hi, Giselle. Thank you so much for inviting me and being here today. Of course. So tell us, let's just get this out of the way. Where are you right now? So I'm Ashley Walden Davis. My pronouns are she, her, her, and I am based in Atlanta, Georgia, which is also the indigenous lands of the Muscogee Creek. So that's where I am today. Yes, ATL. (laughs) So you just started a little bit, but go ahead and continue to elaborate a little bit more um, about yourself. If you can speak a little bit to your relationship to the Arts Foundation and the arts community here in Arizona. Um, Thank you so much again. So uh, as uh, Chazelle mentioned, um, I am the founder and executive director of Unlock Creative LLC. Unlock Creative is actually one of the three um, businesses that I steward under Unlock Creative Enterprises, which includes the consulting firm, which is Unlock Creative, um, coaching and management solutions, our nonprofit, which is Unlock Creative Foundation, Inc., and I'm the founder and president of the National Black Women's Creative Cooperative. And collectively, my work is about building power and wealth for Black women creatives. And we believe that when we invest and support Black women, we are actually supporting all people of color and nurturing artists of color. So my relationship with the Arts Foundation of Tucson in Southern Arizona is with the executive director, um, Ariana Gallego. So before I started my own firm, I work um, at an organization called Alternate Reefs, who serves artists, activists. Um, and, be- and before joining as the executive director of the Arts Foundation, Adriana was the managing director, uh, maybe de- deputy director of the National Association of Latino Arts and Culture. Um, there, both of us were basically number twos, and we collaborated a mm. lot together um, on lots of different types of programs. So that is our introduction of knowing one another. And all the way back from 2013. So fast forward in 2020, when Adriana started this amazing new role, she had an opportunity to invite us, Unlock Creative, to do one of our signature programs, which is called Creative Flowers. And Creative Flowers is a program for professional development dedicated to Black women creatives holding space for them. And actually, Chazelle was one of our participants. Yes. Hi, Chazelle. (laughs) Um, So that is my relationship with the foundation. (laughs) That is such a beautiful thing. And thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners. And I had no idea that you have so much history with Adriana, which I think is beautiful because she is such a powerful resource um, here in Arizona and beyond. So I'm so glad that you all had that relationship and were able to 
um, come back around to it so many years later and entering Creative Flowers, which I do happen to have a personal connection with. And I've had the absolute honor of being a part of and joining two cohorts within Creative Flowers. And so before we dive a little bit deeper into Creative Flowers, um, I do want to ask you, so considering the demographics of Arizona, and we do know that Arizona does have a smaller uh, Black population, um, how would you say you went about approaching that and creating a sacred space um, for that community within Arizona? Creative Flowers that we partnered with at the Arts Foundation of Tucson was also a collaboration with the Arizona Commission on the Arts. Um, so we had three different institutions coming together um, to create a program for women of color, specifically Black women um, in these communities. So prior to 2020, we had um, Unlock Creative had run two to three of our Creative Flower cohorts. So in those spaces, we actually interacted a lot with Black women who already had connection. Because as you know, I'm based in Atlanta. So um, um, Atlanta is like a chocolate city. So you do have a lot of interaction um, with artists of color and specifically Black women um, Black women artists, but what we actually found and partnering together is that I feel like the women who were in our Arizona mm. cohort, which is called mm -hmm. Fleur Noir, because we um, name our cohorts at the end or they get to name themselves. I found that it was really a special connection and that the women had amongst each other and also that it was a unique, brave space because it wasn't as if in their particular offices, if you will, or in their colleagues that they had folks who looked like them. So I found that the space was much more appreciated. And then to give you a little bit more context, if you can imagine and remember the election it was election season, fall 2020. We actually had our meetings on Tuesday nights. So that is the context that this cohort taking place in. And I think it was like the second to the last session, maybe. Um, so I think that this space was exactly what folks needed. And we found in this particular cohort, the call usually was maybe two hours, folks would stay up for hours, like an after party every week. So that is unique to that cohort. So I found the craving of the connection and being creative over all different types of industry, just to be clear. So you have journalists, you'll have scenic painters, you'll have fashion designers, all different type of um, Black women creatives holding this space together, learning from each other, collaborating, and also just discussing how to navigate oftentimes their white institution and white spaces. So that is how our space became a brave space. And I really, it really helped me understand what the value of creative flowers is to the world and the corporate sector as well. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much for laying that out for us so beautifully. Um, and that's exactly what it was. And I can speak to it to my own experience. Uh, I would say, you know, we came into the pandemic in March of 2020. And I want to say that first cohort uh, for Fleur Noir kicked off probably in, I want to say in the fall of 2020. I think I remember October to be exact. And for me, um, and I'm sure like for many of us, 
we felt quite a bit of months of disconnect, you know, from being able to actually communicate in space with people, let alone people who look like us within our community. And so for me, and I'm sure a lot of the other sisters, we were probably a bit nervous coming into that space, not really fully knowing what to expect other than we would be in space with other Black women artists and professionals and arts administrators. And so I would say immediately once we started and with, you know, with your leadership and sort of like guiding us through, we were able to break down those walls, you know, of any any bit of nervousness or anxiety that we felt and were able to share, you know, share our experiences and our stories and our backgrounds. And we were able to take that and use that as connectors and realize that we had so much more in common than than we could imagine, because unfortunately, we don't really get a chance to frequent many uh, spaces like that for us, you know, as black women. And I just found that to be so special and, and, and so rich. And I feel like I learned so much um, within that space. For me in particular, representing the individual artist, but I would say it really opened my eyes to the industry of arts administration and that sector as well. So it opened my eyes professionally as well and really inspired me. So I just really want to thank you so much for providing that space that space to us and keeping us connected and really just sort of opening our eyes to um, the possibilities of what can be out there. So shout out to all of the cohorts uh, within Creative Flowers, and I hope everyone is 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 well, and hopefully we all get to reconnect soon. Yes, um, I love the flowers. That's what I call them. I call them the flowers, and yes. I, it is really nurturing. One thing I want to speak to that we do do in the program is that we set people up with partners, and because one thing that we believe, and I don't do this alone, so it's been many different women who help create this space that we have co-facilitators, and then mm-hmm. once people come through the program, they're eligible to be um, facilitators, and Chiselle, we will be calling you because <laughs> to come to be a facilitator facilitator of uh, the Creative Flowers, but we partner folks together because we feel like how people of color, especially Black women, are able to stay in the sector is because we have support. We Mm. understand that most Black women are overqualified and underpaid, and they're oftentimes working in toxic environments. Some of the things that we can do that we particularly do in Creative Flowers and in other ways and other parts of um, my business is support people to find community to help you continue to grow in your sector so you don't have to leave your field because you may be in a location where folks don't look like you. So we are really making a facilitator for that cross learning because I learned from all the flowers. They're so brilliant, talented, so Mm. many connections and so many beautiful things have grown out of the relationships close cross cohorts as well as within cohorts so i just wanted to just say that bit and of course if you can't tell listeners um creative flowers is my heart and that is the part of the business like in two years that's all i'll be doing is creative flowers because that is truly my heart and 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 like the my favorite part of my work is working with other black women finding them empowered um unlocking their vision maximizing their impact and harnessing the power um, of yourself. And that, and that is really what we aim to do. Yes, absolutely. I would say creative flowers is, is the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) 
And yes, once again, shout out to those flowers. And I hope that we all just continue to nurture ourselves and grow ourselves and continue to bloom. And um, also that reminded me is that I've actually, if you all have a chance, um, those who do follow the Arts Foundation, please do also check out um, the article that was written. Um, on the creative flowers, just so you can get an even an even deeper look and um, get to see some of the women that have been involved. So Ashley, can you tell us a bit, and actually this is no pun intended since we're talking about creative flowers, let's get to the root of those flowers <laughs> and tell us a little bit about your artistic and creative root, if you can sort of uh, give us a bit of your background and uh, how that has developed over the years. Uh, thank you so much for the question. So I am from a tiny town in North Carolina called Ahoskie, North Carolina. It's an eastern um, part of the state. Um, I grew up there and I always had a love for creative things in the arts. And of course, um, I wanted to be an actress, specifically like a dramatic actress in independent films. <laughs> and I went Ooh. on to go to undergraduate um, at Old Dominion University and study theater. <laughs> and then I um, actually decided and found out I love stage management. But then I was like, oh, who are their bosses? And then, oh, arts manager? Oh, I want to be the boss of the whole theater. Um, so then I went to graduate school for um, actually theater theater producing out at CalArts, which is an arts management degree. And so I went out, moved from Virginia to California with study abroad and all kind of travel in the middle. And then I went to California Institute of the Arts, it's north of Los Angeles, and um, really learned how to be a creative producer and say yes and think outside of the box and uh, learn how to do site-specific work and all those types of things. Um, after coming out of CalArts, because uh, I did a bunch of different kind of internships and fellowships and producing things while I was in graduate school. But I found myself at Cornerstone Theater Company, which is a theater company that I love based in downtown Los Angeles at the time where we make plays with communities. Cornerstone Theater is still around making plays with communities all over the nation. And uh, after Cornerstone, I moved to Atlanta and started working with Alternate Roots, um, who serves, instead of just being a theater producer at one company that works with community, I became to start working at an organization where we serve artists who work at the intersection of arts, activism, and social justice. And I did that for about seven years. Um, so that was a big bulk of my work. And then in 2020, during the uprisings, you know, COVID, all the things, I took a leap of faith and I got a new position that I always wanted, which was to be um, a program officer. Uh, but turns out that was not my path. And I think uh, God just dangled that in front of me. And what actually happened was the birth of Unlock Creative. And that is pretty much a journey on how I got to where I wanted to be. And I just wanted to do my part in the movement. And I wanted to leverage all my skills, resources, and network for Black creatives. And does that mean I don't serve other folks? Yes, I do. But I wanted to put that as an intention because for my entire career, I never was able to do that. So that's how I got here today. Wow, that's wonderful, Ashley. You actually spoke to something that stood out to me. You said you took a leap of faith. And can you please expound upon that a little bit more for those of us out there who are in that si that same mindset right now of considering taking a leap of faith and 
who may be nervous to take that leap of faith, whether it be they want to be an entrepreneur or they have, you know, certain certain goals that they want to go after but might be hesitant due to other things. What is some advice you would give to the artist, the professional, the person who is considering taking that leap of faith and what are some some first steps that they should maybe consider before doing so? Well, the number one thing is I operate out of abundance. And so I think any of the type of things that you research or read is it starts with your mindset and if you want it. So I believe truly in manifestation and um, jump and the net will appear, but I have also a lot of other tips to help you feel more comfortable with that leap. Um, But I truly believe it is a mindset. I believe in um, sowing and reaping what goes around comes around. What you put out comes back in. I really, truly do believe that. And I feel that I'm a witness of it with the clients that I coach and in my own life. So number one, that believing, literally this morning, I'm having this conversation Mm. with my son of like believing he wants to be a kid's (laughs) about kids. So some people may know what that is. He's seven. You can audition when you're nine. But I... You can be a kid's black kid if you believe it. Because so the number one thing is you have to actually believe that leap of faith because no one else is going to believe it if you don't believe it. So number one is believing in yourself and having that spirit of abundance and expectancy Mm. for what you are going after. Number two is be around like-minded people or people who want to do the thing you think you want to do. I love informational interviews. So this is like the practical part of me. If I'm coaching you people, like if you think you want to do the thing, whatever the thing is, go talk to two to three people who do the thing. If you don't know those people, get on LinkedIn, go on websites, send a cold email to like 30 people. One of them will probably respond to you. Yes, we want to hear from you, or we may direct you to someone else who can help. So if you have that, learn about your thing, Mm. then try to get a coach or a mentor of who is already in your life, who nurtures you and can feed you in that particular area that you're interested in. How much can they help you learn what you can? And then Mm -hmm. I am um, a planner. So by nature, even though I say I leap and the net will appear, I have some ideas. Because also a component that I'm not going to leave out because it's important and all of us come from different places in life is the financial component. So I'll ask my clients real quick, okay, what do you need? You got like a three-month runway, you have a six-month runway, you need to do a part-time so you can start putting your life into your next goal, dream, really figuring out what that plan is, how you can sustain yourself, what you may be willing to sacrifice Mm. in this moment to do that extra time thing. Is that time? Is that sleep? Is that your Starbucks coffee? What is that? What is that to get to that next place? And I, and it is somewhat um, vague, but I, hopefully I'm being specific um, enough, but I will say one of the things when folks come to me, when they are a coaching client, Mm. it's because they're unhappy in their work typically. They want a change. They usually they come to me like, I want to leave in like one year. <laughs> and then yes. what they leave in like two months. Because the thing is, once your mindset changes, when you're ready to leave and get ready to make that pivot, you will do it and you won't be held back. So those are a couple of tips that I would give folks who are want to take that leap, want to make that change, be in community with folks that can support, help you 
move to that next space and know that people are out here willing and wanting to help you. I am one. We have a team of consultants. And then also just even without our services, I have a whole posse of artists that people email me. If I can't take the call or I might not be the best person, I will connect you with someone who can. We love to pay it forward because we need each other. We need each other in this creative and artistic community. And any knowledge I have is no good with me. It needs to be shared. So that's the approach. I love that, Ashley. And just listening to you speak about it, you can really just hear your passion in what it is that you do. You can you can really hear and feel that you love this work and that you are invested in this work. And you just dropped some gems for us. So um, for those who are listening, just to give you a reminder, some tips for those of you who are considering taking that leap of faith is you have to believe got to believe it first. Dig deep, right? Get rid of that negative self-talk. You have to network. You have to build and connect with those who are doing what it is you are interested in doing. And you also have to be willing to make some bit of sacrifice and have that preparation for that next step and also shifting your mindset. So again, those are some keys from Ashley. Thank you so much for dropping that for us. And you know, being that you have such a passion for what it is that you do, I would love to hear about who some of your influences might be um, as an artist? Are there any people that come to mind uh, when you think about this work? So I always used to say um, organization is my art um, because I do feel that the work that I do is I love the creative space. And of course, like I said, I loved acting, but that's not what I found mm. that I was really good at. I was really good at facilitating spaces so artists can thrive and do mm. great work. So with that being said, the mentors that I'm going to offer are arts administrators. So they are creatives in their own way, but how they share to the field is by offering leadership and management and business and facilitating space, producing space so art can happen. So Shay Wafer is one of my mentors. Our fellowship at Unlock Creative is named after her, the Shay Wafer Fellowship, which is for Black women um, specifically. I learned about her while I was at CalArts. I had another mentor that I'll shout out who was Carol Bixler, who was the head of the theater producing program at CalArts. Um, She sent me and fellow other fellow students to Shay, who at the time worked at 651 Arts in New York. She's back based in LA now at Waco Theater, but she's had a career that spanned decades and she always Mm -hmm. mentored. So the heart that I have for mentoring, even before I like professionally coach, is that's all what I feel like you have to do is pay it forward. It took me until I was 24 to have a black woman mentor. I need that time Mm -hmm. cut in half. I don't, I don't need for other black emerging women to not meet someone who looks like them until you're in grad school. That's too long. Right. Um, And then one other person I want to shout out who has had a significant impact on my career, uh, two more folks, uh, Carlton Turner, who was the executive director of Alternate Roots and... Also, Michelle Ramos. Carlton and I worked together for the longer period of time, and he really nurtured me, showed me the ropes, took me on the road, let me do presentations. He really was a true boss and mentor. And again, I've had these positive relationships, and that's oftentimes when I do coach. 
I let folks know it is there. And then when Michelle came, there was a transition. She nurtured and grew me also in that same way of being a supportive leader, want to see you grow. So if you are listening and you're in an environment where that doesn't exist, it does exist. It's real. And I've had it multiple times. I had it at Cornerstone with Michael Garces. Like, I feel like I've been privileged with the riches of amazing um, mentors. Like, I just feel like I had had an abundance of of them. And then can I tell a funny, can I tell a little story about networking? Absolutely, please. Okay. So I always kind of apply for everything. Like just so in this story of the people that I just told you who, who was my mentors. So I uh, was a recipient of the theater communications group, Future Leaders, which is, that was their last round before they did leadership you. So for folks that are in the theater world, they'll know um, theater communication groups had these um, fellowships. So I applied to that fellowship with Michael Garces was my mentor and I was the fellow and I was already working with, I have been working with Cornerstone Theater on my last year at Cal Arts. We apply. Interesting enough, Carlton Turner and Shay Wafer were on the panels that rated my application. But I only found this out over the years, right? Like, so I actually found out when I met Shay, she told me as well. Then with Carlton, when I applied for the job at Alternate Roots, at the end of my interview, he was like, I know you. And I was like, oh, how do you know me? Because I'm definitely very green and new to the field. He mm-hmm. was like, I read your application when you applied. And I was like, yeah, that's the girl. Like she, she would be at Roots. So I thought just to say that is like, wow. I totally believe in always like applying and, and, and putting yourself out there that even if you don't get the opportunity, you don't know who's looking at your work. People wow. are always looking at you from afar. And it turns out crazy, right? Like two people who like have had a significant impact on my career, like met me on paper when I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know that they existed. So just again, if you're out there, if you're listening and you're looking up an opportunity or you're like, I didn't get it, you don't know who read it. You don't know who saw you. You don't know who looked up your website and who's become familiar with you or read your materials and how that in the future that would come. So I just, just thinking like when I actually got my first big job at Cornerstone, I already had my second job already lined up. Little did I know <laughs> alternate routes years later. So I just want to like share that again with belief and connections and how networking and putting yourself out there, name recognition, even sometimes when you don't think you get the fruits of that, yes. um, it's still important. So I just have to share that. <laughs> That's wonderful. I hope you all heard that, you all. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I have had the common thread of that conversation as well because you just never know, right? And as they say, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So if you can take it, go ahead and take it. So that was some great advice there, Ashley. Yes, thank you. All right. So Ashley, I have just one more question. I'm so sad that we have to already end our interview because I'm having so much fun hearing about you and your work and your background and just having a conversation with you. But what I would love to know is what you have going on, what other projects you're working on, and what's moving you right now, whether it be artistically, professionally, musically. What is, what's jazzing you right now, Ashley? So what is jazzing me the most right now is building power and wealth for Black women creatives. 
that is what is jazzing me. As I mentioned um, in my intro, two of the other projects that I work on is Unlock Creative Foundation. And basically we offer services subsidized to people of color, which primarily is women of color, black and brown women, the same services that we do in the LLC. So that when a woman is going through or a person of color is going through a difficult transition, we can still support them even if the finances aren't there. And then the other piece of the work is the National Black Women Creative Cooperative, um, where we are building a world where we have power over ourselves and our businesses to build wealth and connections. So as we mentioned, creative flowers is one way, like depending on what, what environment you're in, we can help you while you're in that environment. But oftentimes, if you want another space where we are trying to elevate our businesses, other work that we're doing. The co-op is a great place for that because it basically is a connector where we all own this entity. And I'm going to manifest that this entity will be very profitable. But instead of it being a nonprofit or a, a LLC that I own, all the women who are members will actually own this cooperative and benefit as it generates. So I will leave it there, but we're learning about restorative economics. We're learning about cooperatives, um, which is our ancestral history and how indigenous folks have always done it. We cooperate and help one another because I truly believe when one rise, we all rise. So that is the energy of my work and my spirit and all the things that um, I'm offering out to the world right now and that I'm jazzed about. So if you're interested in any of these things that I talked about today or just want to get to know each other, um, please feel free to check us out on www.unlockcreative.org. And you can find me on any of my socials, which is unlockcreative underscore. Thank you so much. Well, you all heard it here. Thank you so much, Ashley, for taking this time today to have this conversation with me. I just know that our listeners received so much value from this conversation and learned so much from you. Thank you for all of the work that you're doing. And for those of you who are listening, please do be sure to stay connected and follow up with Ashley's work and with Unlock Creative and so many of the other wonderful things she's doing. So thank you once again for joining me today. And I hope everyone has a healthy and blessed day. This has been Artist Stories featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez. Thank you.